This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 189, The Power of Music, Mantra, and Meditation. If music makes you feel things, if it impacts your mood, your focus, your yoga, your meditation practice, I have the perfect guest for you today. Especially if you're a yogi and you're longing for deeper connection to yourself and the world around you, or you're seeking a path to enhance your wellness and your vitality. For today's episode, I sat down with Masood Ali Khan. Masood has been practicing yoga for over 25 years and is also a certified teacher for the Heather Lai Vocal Yoga Method, which is incorporating yoga with vocal exercises to strengthen your sounding vessel, aka your whole body. He is a pioneer of singing sacred mantras with the mesmerizing combination of the hung drum and handpans and exploring music as medicine and prayer. He has released three acclaimed albums and recorded and performed with countless world-class musicians. Masood studied and practiced acupuncture and homeopathy and received a PhD at the Open International University of Complementary Medicine in Colombo, Sri Lanka, where he was also the head of the faculty for the Universal Energy Program. Today, we sat down to talk about a system he created called Connection to Creation. This system is the integration of music, mantra, meditation to harness universal energy into the body in support of wellness and vitality. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey. Leave a review on iTunes to help them find this episode or the podcast in general, or share your takeaways on social media. I always love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode and you share something you've learned on IG, make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast. All right, if you're ready to tap into the power of music, vibration, sounds, and mantra, let's get to today's episode with Masood. And make sure to stay until the end for a little private concert. Hi, Masood. Hello, Erica. Hello, everybody out there in the Cyber Shakti field. Thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with me about music and music as medicine. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Can you start, for people that don't know you very well, start with telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey in music and devotion and all the things you do? Of course. Great. My name is Masood Ali Khan. I was born in London, in England. My parents are from Delhi, from India. I came into music at an early age, dancing to soul, jazz funk, all types of like great dance music in London. Found myself traveling the world getting more and more involved in music and enjoying the diversity of music. I always loved classical music. I love flamenco music. I love blues. I love jazz. And then the electronic age came around in the 80s and got into more of electronic music. Then found myself traveling a lot around the world. And the little triangle of joy that I had at that time was Amsterdam, Ibiza, Thailand. In Ibiza, I started playing percussion, playing djembe on the beaches with friends. And then people started putting microphones to us and said, oh, you know, we come and play drums with our DJs in clubs. So we started that. A buddy of mine, we started a band called Global Love. And we were then just touring with DJs, <laughs> playing conga, bongos, djembe, electronic drums, and just feeling the groove. At that point, I was already very much deep into meditation, into Reiki, into other forms of energy healing. And so was my partner, my friend. 
And we would like go to the clubs and do a meditation before we play. And while the club was going on, we'd send energy out to our friends on stage, the DJs and all the people in the club or the some of them were stadiums. And we would, you know, focus our attention to just bring the energy up that people would find a joy in their hearts rather than whatever substance they might be on, whether it was drugs or alcohol, and to try to just support them feeling joy in their heart uh, from a deeper sense. You know, that was our intentional prayer rather than say, Mm -hmm. yeah, just have a great time, you know. And Mm -hmm. if we saw someone looking a little bit sloppy or (laughs) drunk, stoned, then if we noticed him, we'd like, well, that person, we would send a bit of energy to that person and then later be happy to see that they were like a bit more stable and uh, smiling and happy. So I was doing that for a long time. Then I was also doing yoga, but then I sort of departed from it for a while because I was just traveling so much. But then I moved to Amsterdam and found a yoga studio there called Svaha Yoga. And they were very much a a bhakti yoga studio. Mantra, kirtan, and uh, great asana was very much uh, the part of that studio. So I didn't know much about mantra at that point, but I could drum. So I let them sing and play the harmonium, and I would support the percussion, which was really fun for them too. And then slowly I started to be more immersed into mantra and felt the joyful benefits of it. At that time, it was hard to sing and play. So I just concentrate on playing. So my mantra vocabulary or understanding of how to pronounce things was a little bit slow at the beginning. Then got to find out about Krishna Das and Jayutal. They all passed through the studio and to Amsterdam. And I got more immersed to mantra. Then a friend brought into Amsterdam this very special instrument, the hung. It was a hand pan, a steel inside-out Caribbean steel drum mm-hmm. invented in Switzerland, in Bern, from a company called Panart. And at that point, it sounded really beautiful, but I didn't know how I could use that in the clubs. But then I came to find myself working in Switzerland. And I thought, I'm in Switzerland. I might as well go visit this hanghouse, as it was called, mm-hmm. manufacturing these drums. That so I went there, so spent cool. the day there, played multiple <laughs> different hand pans, we made a few friends there, jammed on many of them, and then left with one that sounded different from all the others. And then that became my handpan that I saw, okay, now I can play. Is that still the one class. you have today? It's the same, somewhat the model. same <laughs> model. Unfortunately, wow. the original one got lost on travels oh. somewhere. So it was a very heartbreaking episode coming back from a festival and just it disappeared in the back of a cab. I never found that, but I was able to get a replacement one that was very similar, just one note different. So then I recognized, okay, I can support a yoga class live with this really beautiful, soft, enchanting, hypnotic. Mm-hmm. It's so and hypnotic. It's very hypnotic. And I play very slowly and play just instrumental. And a lot of different tunes were coming out of that. It was just evolving out of me. I wasn't trying to put any particular congo or bongo or djembe rhythms to it, although I did try that, but... For the yoga, I liked it nice and soft, simple, not too distracting, as mundane as I could possibly be that the people in the room would actually stop listening to me and they would just go inside. And if I could make them not listen to me or pay attention, 
for one, my insecurity would feel better because <laughs> I wasn't feeling that people were listening to me. And the other, I knew people were just focusing on their breath, focusing on the inner work. And so that became what I was doing for a few years. Then I moved to America. And first we moved to San Luis Obispo, which was amazing. There were so many musicians there. Mm-hmm. Then came down to Los Angeles, where there was a lot of live music happening in yoga classes at that time. And that was really fun to be immersed into that community of bhakti musicians. And then Bhakti Fest started. And so we all had like a great, joyful time to like just celebrate each other, each other's classes. Oh my gosh, yes, really, really fun. <laughs> and then at one point, I was supporting Shiva Ray, pretty well known mm-hmm. yoga teacher in the world. And she said, Oh, now Masood's going to sing. <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> First of all, I don't know what to sing. And second of all, I don't know how to sing on this handpan. And I just like froze. But she was great because she recognized that was the next step I needed to go to. Mm. I have to learn this. What a blessing. I went to one of my favorite musicians at the time, Jai Utal. He was doing a kirtan camp, 10 days where we were just learning how to kirtan. So I took my handpan and said, this is what I want to do on this handpan. And spent the week... At the end of the week, supported Daniel Paul, the tabla player who was playing with Jai a lot at that time, supported me when I did my first mantra in public, <laughs> the Maha Mantra on the handpan. I was like, okay, I've got at this. At the camp, at the camp with Jai Yeah. Amazing. So then I said, like, okay, now we've got the melodies. I've got all these tunes that I play on the handpan. What mantras can I fit to these things? And how can I try to sing them in a way where I can keep a rhythm, keep the melody and sing? It's not easy because all those years of playing percussion in a club at like a really fast dance speed, it was hard to even think, let alone communicate or say anything. And I had to really learn to decompartmentalize my brain's Mm -hmm. activities to let the hands do one thing and then the voice and the mind to do another. Well, the mind to say something and the voice to actually say it in the right way, in yeah. the right language, in the right grammar. <laughs> so this was the beauty of mantra. That mantra, it only needed one or two words, sometimes just a syllable of om, to get to practice rhythm, melody, and voice, and take baby steps on incorporating them together. So with every mantra there is, there's a rhythm, Mm-hmm. a non-rhythm, a melody or a non-melody. And so with the handpan, is like, do I keep a steady note or do you keep a melodic pattern? And so I'm trying all different things with the songs that I was already playing or the tunes I was already playing and then put different mantras to them. And the ones that I knew well, which were really simple ones, with uh, either Om or Om Namah Shivaya or something to Radha or Govinda or Krishna, then expanded to like, longer mantras like the Gayatri mantra, then the ones that was resonating most or the ones that were actually more aligned and easier for me to play and sing that had an effect that I was happy to share with people. And then they came along. I was like, okay, now it's time to make an album. Made two albums with a dear musician friend, Duke Mushroom, who were signed with White Swan Records and they distributed the albums. Yoga Journal picked them up and help share them in their top 10 music that they liked for yoga at that time. This was all around Mm -hmm. 2009, 2010. And then it just carried on from there. There was yoga festivals everywhere, bhakti yoga festivals everywhere. Everybody wanted mantra and music in their classes. 
And it was just a, an amazing last you know, 15 years. Yeah, I bet. It sounds incredible. And I love your music and I use it in yoga classes all the time. And it's even part of the reference I send to the artist who made the intro for this podcast. The intro music for this podcast was like, I'm like, I want something that, you know, resembles this style. I love this. And so they made their own track so I could use it, but you were part of that inspiration. So it's like nice loop circle. (laughs) Why do you think music is so powerful when it comes to our spiritual practices? I just got goose pimples (laughs) thinking of that. You know, we're so in tune with rhythm, our heartbeat is a rhythm. How we feel relaxed or energized is with the heartbeat rhythm and with the, the rhythm of our breath. These two cycles affect our emotions and our energy levels. How we tap into that creates a sound of our voice, which is a, the first instrument. And then from there, the emotion expands through vibrations in our whole being, if we want to be relaxed and like be soothing to ourselves or to a baby and sing a lullaby, or we want to energize a group of people into joy and celebration, or, you know, when they had to go out hunting or into war, it was all about what the power of melody and rhythm can do. Add poignant words to those things brings the intention and the power to whatever that tenfold yeah music is right so whatever language it is as well and some of the most powerful music or songs we hear we don't even understand what they're singing and it might just be a ah or ooh, but it has the power to go straight into the heart mm-hmm. to make an effect and that way we use music as medicine then for focusing that sound vibration and that intention to ourselves to parts of our body, to expand outside of ourselves or to send that to someone else, then becomes an energetic form of healing or energetic form of energy transference. And in that way, we have such an amazing vocabulary with all the instruments there are in the world and all the talented people that can play them. And talent, not that I mean musically trained, but people that are able to tap into a vibrational vibe send out this music yeah i think that's super clear when it comes to mantra because you don't have to have skill with your voice for creating the impact that mantra can have you know and i think for a lot of yoga teachers there's like this step of letting go of the performing and just being into the creation of it and the vibration of it and even if you believe that you don't have the capacity yet, let's say, to be so skillful with your voice in a musical way. It doesn't have to be a musical kind of thing. Do you agree? I totally agree with you. And everybody has a voice. Some people are bold and courageous and confident to use it. And others have yet to find that confidence to do that. Maybe they got shut down while they were younger. You know, somebody laughed at them. And it doesn't take very much for the insecurity to come in and say, okay, I can't do this because that person laughed or somebody told to stop. And it's just because we're still learning how to use that instrument. Mm-hmm. And it might just be we're singing in the wrong 
range or we just don't know how to use the voice. So I recognize that and actually happened to me when I was in the midst of like a joyful kirtan, like having so much fun, like in complete ecstasy, singing along with amazing musicians and was maybe a little bit too enthusiastic for that smaller room or for being closer to the musician. And, you know, it was inevitable that like, you know, it's sometimes great to have control of your volume or your enthusiasm. I don't remember exactly how, but it's very <laughs> gentle how you put it. Oh, okay, now I know what happened. <laughs> so then, also with the prompt from Shivers, let's say I had a sing. Um, I found a singing teacher that was doing a night school, you know, six week classes on beginner singers. So I went there just to say, can I really sing, or should I just not even think about it? And so we went through, you know, with this whole little classroom, and everybody was in their own insecurities, and that's why we're mm-hmm. there. We want to learn. But during that time, I felt more confident as like, okay, I actually have a possibility. I just have to learn how to control it and how to utilize it with the music in the right way. So mm-hmm. to know if it's a low key, this low, how to sing low and still have warm resonance. And if it goes higher, what to do? Do I belt it? Do I just use my chest voice and belt it out like an opera singer? Or do I go into a head voice, a falsetto, and then try to sing in that high range? And these are all the things we just like practice and expand and try. But everybody has that capacity to sing or make a heartfelt expression without needing to be trained. Performative. Mm -hmm. Performance trained. But definitely, uh, you know, knowing how to like drive a car, you don't have to be a race driver, but you know how to get out from your house to where you need to go. Can we talk about the system you created called Connection to Creation and how using the combination of that music, mantra, meditation now is kind of funneling into using that for wellness and for vitality? Why for that particular purpose or how was it born for you? Well, during that time when I was doing Reiki and meditation, I found a teacher quite soon after I did Reiki because I realized in the Reiki there wasn't really a meditation technique attached to Reiki. And so I saw in my own mind where my mind was going, and I didn't think that was a very beneficial way to give energy. I was like, okay, I got to stop this because I need to focus my mind and be there for that person I'm giving energy to. So I found this other system was introduced to me by actually my friend who we were doing the global love drumming mm. partnership together and he was a vietnamese teacher his name was master long ming dang and it was a school called the spiritual human yoga at that time it changed its names a few times over but it was really focused on meditation and energy transferring techniques from there i think i got the most wisdom for life and how to bring esoterical information and utilize it into our daily lives all for the purpose of helping humanity Mm. and so with this message in my 20s everything that i did was like connect to source and be creative be creative in whatever we're doing and if i don't know what i'm doing connect and then i'll figure something out from some intuition or some support from some guide somewhere but to recognize where those guides are coming from. There's a lot of stuff in this, you know, 25 years of studying with this teacher till he passed. And it led me to think, okay, this needs to be shared in a different platform from where our teachers were sharing it and incorporating the things that I love to do with it more. Then I also got into shadow work with my teacher, Robert Augustus Masters, 
wrote quite a few different books on shadow work, emotional intimacy, spiritual bypassing. I was doing men's groups, co-ed groups, and we're just about to finalize a combination of like five years of mentorship and apprenticeship with him. So to bring all these things in together with a, an energetic teaching was really essential. Otherwise, we get too much into wanting to bypass the things that matter that we can change ourselves. So that came about to create connection to creation, to connect to the source, to be creative through meditation, through breath work, through mantra, through music, through movement, through shadow work, and through sharing in community. All these things with the techniques of the energy transferring techniques and the meditation techniques that I learned. That sounds so good. Can you tell us a little bit more about that energy transference technique? Like, I know in the beginning you talked about like your intention and what you want to do with the music. Is there more to that? I feel like there's probably more layers to it. There is a lot of different layers. I mean, <laughs> I think every year we got a different refinement to a technique. And there's too many different techniques to do. Could you imagine there's so many different ways to do anything? Yeah. Can you give us one example? Yes, totally. Maybe your favorite one. The most simplest one that I could go for is if we were going to sound OM, then that sound of OM can be felt within our own bodies. Mm -hmm. We made that intention before we sound OM in a class or wherever we are, and we can make that vibration of OM nurture and send a peaceful, healing, harmonious, rejuvenating, repairing energy to every cell in our body. We can connect with our crown chakra, with our third eye or first eye, or all the different chakra points, or just our whole body and our arms and legs, and just feel this expansion of the own through our skin to our room. Now, if we kept on staying in that vibration and want to expand that out further outside of our room, go above, below, to the surrounding neighbors, to the surroundings of the city, and then keep on expanding that out to the state, to the country, across the oceans, to the other countries, across the North Pole, the South Pole, all the way around the earth, deep into the earth and expand out into space. That's a lot of focus to stay. And we try and do it as quick as possible before the mind starts to get distracted. Mm-hmm. But then that is just one way. The OM is the sound and the vibration that will help to carry your intentions on a journey of whatever you're intending around the earth to touch whoever it is that is tuned in, possibly, potentially, to listening in and not knowing why they're feeling or why they might change their ideas or have a different inspiration. But it's how you tune into the radio and get a signal from some radio station somewhere. It's like, okay, now we're on this signal. What are they saying? But people might be sitting in meditation and have intuition, but we go into this morphogenetic field where we send out an energetic intention or a message. And those that are tapped into that same frequency might receive that. And we don't know, shouldn't really care about if they do or not. It's just our intention to it's send that It's not ours out. anymore. <laughs> it's not ours anymore. But how we feel and how we can be aligned to want to do that is our practice and is the place where we can feel connected to our heart, connected to some form of being beneficial to humanity. If it's only being beneficial to your own healing, to your own calm state, mm. so that you can be of joy and of service to other people without resenting it. Yeah, it's like such a beautiful gift 
that is so simple, like in that that's available to everyone, like that intention and using, as you said, sound to carry your intention. And then you can move on a global scale in ways that you might not have access to otherwise. Yeah, exactly. We see so much news so fast nowadays of good things and challenging things happening in the world. And if we see the challenging things, watching our reaction of the first things that we say when we see that and try to then cultivate a clarity to then send energy to that place with good intention rather than like, oh, no, look what's happening. There. Oh, my God, I can't believe that person. Oh, oh, no. Instead of these judgmental thoughts, it's just be like, oh, send love send support, let all the energy forces that could possibly be there, whether you believe them or not, just focus it like a traffic policeman directing traffic, saying, go this way, go this way, go this way. And you don't know what they're going to do. But if all the divine forces that can help, that are there to come and help, can go to that area, then whoever's there, whoever has that grace or luck, or ability to hear a solution might find their way out of whatever challenges they have or find a way how they can help their, you know, the other people in their community. So that's the other thing is that just a focus to send and mm-hmm. not to be the director to say, okay, I want this person to like figure it out. Trying to control it. You can't control it. You just got to say, send love, send support, focus. I don't know the words, so I'll just send, oh, I love this element that we're talking about because I find a lot of times when we talk about chant, when we talk about devotion, when we talk about mantra is often from a eye point of view. It's for the impact that it has on your energy body, on your connection to divine, right? And it's an extra step to then do it for the greater good of humanity. And it's a different way of experiencing what you're doing as well. Like it changes your relationship to it and your experience of it as well. Yeah, it does. There's two points to that. I'd say, you know, we know the image and uh, for those just listening, I'm weaving my hands in an upward motion as if there were two snakes coiling towards each other, which is a Kundalini rising. So one side is the self, one side is the benefit to others. And we keep on merging these two Mm -hmm. ideas at the same time yeah you can't help others unless you can have the support of yourself to help others so you have to help yourself so you can help others but you can't just help yourself and forget about others so the times when i was lucky enough to play for a lot of yoga classes and play the handpan and sing mantra i did it for my own support as well because that was my practice i sometimes i didn't have a chance to do it at home. I just had a newborn baby. You know, I'd go out to a yoga class and be like, okay, I can focus. I can support people, but it's always given me a chance to just be immersed in my own vibration and mantra and have a practice for an hour and a half and then go back into lives and do all the other things that I was doing in my life at that time. So yeah, to do it for yourself and to do it for others. But if you can do it both at the same time. Might as well. Might as well. A lot of time. And you find a lot of joy in what you're doing. Yeah. And so you've used the system for like working on things like climate change or physical pain I've seen or shadow work, particularly like men's group you were talking about. You lead a lot of men's group. 
So then we can like branch it out to all the things that matter to us. I'm assuming those things matter to you particularly because there's so many things we can choose out of the world that what we want to give to and feed and nourish. Why choosing these focuses for yourself and for this way of sharing healing with the world? I came from the first mission statement that we'd create or like the Sankalpa from that school of helping humanity. Mm -hmm. From there, creating our own Sankalpas, like you might know the word Sankalpa, which is the, say, the personal intention message or Dharma message. So then mine was, let love influence everything. Mm. Then having a child changes everything. It's like, okay, <laughs> now what is going to happen to the future of these children? You know, some people are very much connected if they had a lot of siblings and things like that. But it made me realize, well, we got to really make a shift for the future of my children. I mean, the future of my child and the future of children and the future of humanity. The things are <laughs> the climate, the nature, the protection of forests, the protection of oceans, clean water, clean air, and protecting our emotions and our mind so that we don't become paralyzed in the mind when things get really tough mm. or when things start to collapse. If the mind just goes paralyzed and says, I don't know what to do because there's too much happening at the same time, such overwhelm mm -hmm. that we don't know what to do. We're frozen or we react, we get triggered, people become violent, or they just do desperate things to get away from it all. So to be in the shadow work is to like work on all those things. So when the time comes where we're in this challenge, we can look at the challenge. We're in the middle of the disaster or whatever and have our eyes open and aware. Yeah, maybe I'm scared, but I know I need to do something to help. And if I can do something to help, then maybe there's going to be some forces of protection around me to support those rather than I'm just going to help for my own life. But we make all these preparations mentally, spiritually to say, I'm going to be protective. I have the ancestral energies there protecting me. I have the divine energies, the ancestral angels, the divine force of the land that we're on and say, okay, we're all going to be there together. Protect me if I can be protected <laughs> and let's do what we can do and do it with your eyes open and being aware of like a building's about to fall to be helping that person on the floor or whatever you might need to do, but to know there's a building that we have to get out of there quick. This is not letting the mind paralyze. The first responders are great at doing that. And it's like, oh, it's full moon today. So you know, gratitude <laughs> to all the teachers, the mantra for gratitude to all the teachers in the world. Even if you're listening to this, not at this full moon, at the next full moon, you can say, Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha, Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha, Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha. Gratitude and thanks for all the teachings of all the teachers in our lives. Thanks to all of the people, first responders that are looking after our lives in disaster zones that have the courage to just go out there and try and help all the nurses, all the doctors and all the, uh, all the people that's caring for us. They're amazing people. We can just only be inspired to those people to be able to be that courageous and bold. Maybe we went on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. It's all coming from the heart. I love that piece of gratitude. I think it's a good thing for us to kind of finish on. 
So if there's anything you'd like people to remember from today's conversation, if there's like one takeaway, what would that be? To breathe, make a humming sound that'll be nurturing and comforting for your own being. And let that sound vibration release the tensions in your mind, in your heart, to untie the knots of the heart. And if that's too hard, then to really reach out to someone that can hear you, that can support you. You know, not necessarily a therapist or not necessarily just a, a best friend, but maybe someone who, you know, because I'm doing shadow work, someone who knows how to work with those deeper wounds instead of like going through therapy for years and years and years to say, mm -hmm. hold this wound, embrace it, find the qualities of that wound that will help you to thrive in another way and to help other people that might have that same wound and to embrace that wound as something like, wow, this is something that happened to me, but it's given me the strength and the power to be able to do more than I expected rather than to hide under a stone or you know, let that light come into the shadow. The takeaway is hum and bring vibration, sound, your own healing vibrational sound into your being, into your heart, and let that expand into your whole body. Beautiful. I will put all your information in the show notes for people to find you. But in the meantime, where's the best place for them to go if they want to see what you offer, they want to work with you in some way, they want to connect? Where do they go? Well, I have a website, masoodalikhan.com. Music can be found on Tidal, Spotify, you know, all those kind of streaming services. And I do a lot more on Instagram, I guess, right now than any of the other social media accounts. So they can reach me through Instagram, Masood Ali Khan Music. Thank I you would, so if much. If we still have 30 seconds, yeah. play a little bit of the handpan. Yes, for people who are not familiar with your beautiful offerings, I would love for you to play a little something for us. It'll be the podcast Savasana. <laughs> Perfect. There's a handpan. This is one of the original ones from Switzerland. I'll do one line of the, the Gayatri Mantra just to keep it short. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So for everyone listening, just take a deep breath in, relax the shoulders, relax the body as you breathe out. Let this mantra illuminate your mind. Bring the left and the right side hemispheres of the brain together so that you can find the solutions to any of the challenges and the problems that you might be experiencing. And let this be a, a supportive mantra for you right now. Gayatri Mantra. to 
finish this episode. Thank you so much for your generosity today. It was a pleasure having you on. Pleasure was all mine also. Thank you so much, Erica. Blessings to all, to you and to all of your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you, you can pass it on and help someone else on their journey just by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave a review to say thank you, I give you access to our premium membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. You'll find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 189. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll see you next Monday.